Happy New Year, bestie. <laughs> Happy New Year to you and to the Odd Fam. And we're back to recording after like a two-week break. So this is going to be the most. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Buckle up, fam. <laughs> I can tell you, I can tell you right now, it's going to be a shit show. Oh, it's just what we do best. It is. It's just what we do best. <laughs> it is what we do. And if you don't like it, go find another podcast. I don't know. Tell them. <laughs> Here comes a twenty-minute intro, like y'all loves. Yeah, we have gotten like an increase of love about our intros i appreciate it so and much i can't thank all of you enough for that because i, know. I love it too <laughs> me too so that's it bye. bye that's it everybody take care see you i'm waving like they can see yeah. me I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> oh good firing on all cylinders do you want me to do the intro or would you like to do it this week start us off the new year bestie Okay. Welcome back to Oddities, everybody. I'm Cassie. And I'm Kelly. And welcome back to Strange Town. Pew, pew, pew. I did finger guns because <laughs> I, I was so excited. <laughs> all, of, all of our social media is in the description below. We're going to be, we'll, nope, use your words, use your words, use your words. We're going to start to be more active on that this year. We have a lot of fun plans for like just Big. everything big things stay tuned we have to we have to rope them in and put our minds together and come up with the most excellent game plan but we're going to be starting to get more active on there with like giveaways and cool other things and what have you so follow along ski um we also have our email in there several of you have sent in many wonderful suggestions both on there and in social media so you can always reach out to us either way um and we might not get to your topic right away but we will we just have a backlog and we're, we're making our way through, which is so nice. We love that. Um, oh, and check out our merch. We have a link to that in our description too, as well as our Patreon. Excited to share that our Patreon, we're back. We'll be doing two bonus episodes a month, every other week uh, on Wednesdays. Um, so if you subscribe, you can you know, check them out. Any, any donation. We don't do it tiered like some of these other people. Uh, so any donation level, you can go as low as a dollar and you'll get access to Everything. the bonus episodes. Everything you want, whatever you want. Yay. So check out our merch. Also, thank you to the brilliant Lindsay Bidwell for our newest designs. Um, she's wonderful. We have a link to her like um, portfolio Instagram as well. So check that out. If you ever need graphic design work or web design work. She she's is your girl. The bomb. That's all. That's Bye, it. everyone. Stay strange. <laughs> Stay strong, gay. <laughs> how you be, bestie? Oh, you know how I be. I do. It's Mercury retrograde. But when this is out, it's done. It's over. We yeah, made it. It's done. It's over. We survived. I hope. Oh, God. It's over. It's done. God, I hope. Yeah. I think now we're, well, like actually, when this days. comes. Uh, two, t- 10 days too many, if that's yeah. the case. Um,. When this comes out, we might be in like the two week period after where you can still get fucked. So everybody just okay. But here's the thing. Honestly, I was getting it two weeks before it started, so I should me not too. Get the so two maybe we're post. yeah. Like so maybe that's like a like a it's like a karma situation, and it's like okay, well that's enough of you, and like you know then we're done because I had shit hit the fan too. Yeah, I'm hoping that like if starting the year this way 
with all the bad stuff. It just means we're going to have yeah. a fantastic, clear year of good things. I'll take it. But if I don't get it, I've been writing... I'm going to light Mercury retrograde on fire. <laughs> okay. I mean, I love fire. So I've been writing lots of good manifestation things in my planner. So I'm hoping this new planner works as well as the last one. Magic! <laughs> I know. So let's let's hope it. I'm going to light some candles. I'm going to light myself on fire. It'll all be good. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be grand. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Uh, so we've had a rock and start to the to the new year, oh. not in a fun rock and roll kind of way, more in like a life's an earthquake kind of way. What is happening kind of way? <laughs> <laughs> How's your leg doing? Kelly pulled a she well, she tore a muscle. It's fine. I'm supposed to be taking it easy. And, you know, I'm trying, but I have a three year old and a five year old. So that yeah, doesn't always uh, yeah, work. Yeah, take it easy, my ass. <laughs> and, right. Um, I think it was Wednesday night or something of this week. I'm supposed to be taking it easy, just no running, no doing stairs, things like that, trying to let it heal. And uh, something scared me on Wednesday night, and I jumped, and that mm, nope, it did not feel good. That was that was that no set bueno. us back. <laughs> and. Then I went to go see my parents, and I was on it way more than I really, really should have been. Yesterday, my husband instructed me not to move, and so I didn't, and it's feeling a lot better today, so that's good, but I'm trying to keep it up, as I was telling Cassie before we started recording. <laughs> She's got an ottoman set up. It's all good. It's, it's pretty good. But, um, yeah, and I just, well, ultimately, I just wish I had a cooler story about how I tore the muscle. I mean, that's all right. These things happen. I was walking to a grocery store. That's not that cool. <laughs> it's just, but you were walking in such style to the grocery store that your muscles <laughs> couldn't keep up with you. That's what the problem was. No, I'm telling you now. It's just, and then the amount of looks I got because I kind of tumbled, right? And they just people just would stare at me. Did I get any? Do you need any help? No. No. Nope. Nothing. They just weird ass <laughs> looks. So thanks. Thanks. Fucking people. I fucking hate people so much. But other than that, you know, it is what it is, and it's fine. I'll survive. (laughs) (laughs) Question mark. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, there's been a bunch of other stuff that we just don't need to go into, but, you know, it is what it is, and 2023 is going to be a better year already. I just know it. (laughs) (laughs) Or else. Or else. (laughs) Just threaten the entire year. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, Let's see. During our two-week hiatus of recording, I had a very hectic first half of it, but fun. Uh, But the second half of it, I came down with, like, the world's worst stomach bug. It was, like, Oregon Trail-style dysentery level (laughs) bathroom experience. It was really – it was gnarly. And it lasted for, like, three days. And then it just took me like another three days to just, I was just like wiped out, just like totally wiped out and like still would get, uh, when I started to eat like full really, really quickly and now I'm back to normal though. So yay. First week back at at work was gnarly for many reasons, Um, but it was fine. And oh, I'm starting a podcast at work. So that'll be fun. If anybody's interested in DPCR technology and science careers, join us. It'll drop probably sometime in March or April. Uh, you guys get to hear the business side of Cassie. I know it's gonna be 
complete and total opposite of how I am on the like I have to I have to check all my shit. Actually, that's why I need this outlet because I need to fucking curse somewhere and it can't, it can't fucking happen on, on that podcast. That's for sure. But we're going to you know, we're going to be talking to some like very cool researchers about like really interesting work that they're doing and um there we have a tentative name for it but we're waiting on the green light from legal so I'm not going to share that yet. But if anybody's interested I encourage you to check it out. I'll give you more information in the coming weeks. Yeah, help Cassie um, be amazing and, like, viral for her job so they just know how badass she is because we all know she is. So I can get 35 promotions and raises. <laughs> That's the goal now. Cassie's oh, going to get 35 oh. promotions, and ra- promotions and raises this year. <laughs> just this year alone. Just this year, you I guys. Better start, Mama better start manifesting real hard. And um, <clears throat> let's see. Corey and I were going to go do this very fun thing last night. We have a roller rink by our house, and they were doing a retro roller night. So the DJ was going to be spinning shit from, like, the 60s up to the early 2000s, and you can come dressed as, like, your decade. And we were hyped. We were going to go, and then Boo was acting a little bit under the weather, so we decided to stay home and keep the baby company. But they do it a few times during the year, so we're just going to keep our eye out and go next time. But we think we might go to, like a free skate sometime before the next one because neither of us has roller skated and or bladed for like two two decades, two decades at least so probably, so probably should like warm up so that we can throw the fuck down when we go for retro roller i'm gonna know? add that to a list of things fun things to do when i visit cassie absolutely we have to time it we have to time it so you come when there is one right <laughs> but be prepared to like i mean when i say i'm gonna dress up i mean i'm gonna dress like the fuck up you know oh like yeah you to, as you should you need to show up or don't show up at all yeah so go big or go <clears> that's home. um we don't play games we don't do small <laughs> per- precisely and we went to trader trader joseph's yesterday morning and that was fun and we got many things i love trader um, joe's my favorite yeah, two of my favorites being tamales. Those were really good. And also uh, cauliflower gnocchi. Totally safe for me. Good? Very delicious. I, I, I just yeah. saw it and I was like, hmm, that looks good. But I you know, didn't get it. So I'm glad you tried Yeah, it. they're like, the, the texture, of course, obviously is like not quite the same. But like the flavor is really good. And we actually used them in a soup. And it was oh. like with the bomb. And yeah, yeah, okay, the texture's not there. But at least it's something you can have, though. That's the exciting thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then plus with like regular gnocchi, I mean, I have issues, so I don't know how regular people feel when they have regular gnocchi, but I always just feel like so full because they're so dense. Mm -hmm. And these are like definitely a lighter version, so you can go harder (laughs) with your plate. (laughs) The cauliflower um, latkes are really good. Ooh, okay. I'll have to keep that in mind too. We're going to try and go more. We've discovered that the time to go is like at opening. At opening, there's like and, way less people. Yeah, and by the I you probably didn't run into this if you went early yesterday, but I think Saturdays is the days they decide to restock. <laughs> At least to over yeah. with us, it, it seems that way. Yeah, we were good. Like because the first time we went, we went, we ended up going around like eleven or twelve, and it was just like a fucking shit show. And we were like, we can't enjoy anything. We can't even browse this shit. And yesterday morning, like there were people there, but like we got to take our time, and we got to, you got you can't just go to Trader Joe's. And do it like you have to explore <laughs> and you have to look. It's facts. Also, you can have, you know, uh, I don't know if you can have. Are, have you experimented with whether or not um, goat milk upsets you? Yeah, so I can have goat milk, but I'm trying to limit like dairy in all forms. I'm not trying to cut it out entirely like I used to because it's just not feasible for me, but I'm trying to like very strictly limit the amount I have. So, yeah. 
well, when you decide that you deserve some dairy, the goat yes. cheese gouda <laughs> is yamo. It's my favorite. It is my favorite. I love it, and it doesn't hurt. Good me, to know. So I love that. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right, yeah, I'll try that shit. So anyway, that's that's the latest and greatest from yours truly. Really, not anything all that thrilling, but I am done with school, so I'm loving my free yes, time. Yes, and she has the most beautiful nails in celebrating that milestone. Yes. Although, look how much, thanks to my hair, skin, and nails, look how much they've grown just in the short amount of time since I got them Ooh. done. That's a lot, right? I had to trim them because they were getting like crazy long. And like, look at that, look at the gap at the top. That's they've impressive. grown a lot. Yeah. So, God bless my hair, skin, and nails, vitamin. Yeah, Everybody. and your skin is glowing today, too. She's, she's glowing. She's, Oh, that's because you're interviewing she's beauty, me after this she's for bonus content. She's, she's Miss Podcast United States. <laughs> that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Manifesting this is the year when we can we can just do this full time for the rest of our lives. Oh, that would be the freaking dream. I love this so much. <laughs> Dude, if only. I, I miss the... Well, I mean, of course I miss you, but you and I talked pretty much every day anyway. Yeah, but I miss doing thing. this with you. I, you know... Michael's like, well, do you miss recording? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, do you miss Cassie? And I'm like, you know, we talk every day. He goes, yeah, as I said it, it didn't, it didn't come out. There. <laughs> it didn't work. Yeah, I know. So at least we get to talk all the time regularly, but you and I still have shit to share when we do this, which is cool. Yes. So I, I purposely withhold. Like, yeah. Like a, yeah. <laughs> I purposely withhold 100%. Yes. It is what it is. Yeah. It is secrets. Um, all right. Well, True to form, here we are 13 and a half minutes in, everybody. Should we get to the why you, theoretically, why you listen to this? Yes. (laughs) All right. My topic's a little heavy. I'm talking about Moida. So is yours a little lighter or? Well. (laughs) Oh, good. Mine might involve murder. Oh, good. All right. Well, um, I really don't know how we can end this on a happy note then. So, you know. Mine we can is, rock, paper, scissors. Mine's a wild, <laughs> like, conspiracy theory. So. Oh, I love a conspiracy theory. So yeah. let's. Uh, <laughs> I said it like that because. Yeah, I wish everyone could see what your eyes just did. <laughs> <laughs> because the one time way back when Anna and I were recording, it came out like that one time when I was trying to say conspiracy theory. <laughs> And then, like, after that, like, she wouldn't let me fucking live, and then I wouldn't let myself fucking live, so we just kept saying it like that, so from henceforth, it's conspiracy theory, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, would you like to start with that, or would you like to close with the conspiracy? Um, let's close. All right, Mama's kicking it off, then, with the Villisca, or the, no, I think it is Villisca, Axe Murder House. Very fun, funky, fresh. So um, I guess, you know, disclaimer here, murder coming. Violence. Yep. So, yeah, violence. The usual. If so, you don't want to hear it, skip to conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories. So long, be- <laughs> long before, of course, our beloved serial killers and mass murders, which have now become a way of life. Um, two adults and six children were found brutally murdered in their beds in the small Midwestern town of Villisca, Iowa. Iowa. There's really not much happening in Iowa as far as I know. Like, this is... Nope. I guess that's it. All right. (laughs) Apparently this. So, during the weeks that followed, life in Villisca was, like, you know, wild. It changed drastically as a result of all this. So, anyway... 
Residents started to reinforce their locks. They started openly carrying weapons. They started huddling together while sleeping. Newspaper reporters and private detectives, like, flooded the streets during, like, after this whole situation. There were accusations and rumors and suspicion among, like, family and friends. Uh, Bloodhounds were brought in. Law enforcement agencies from neighboring counties and states joined forces. You get it. The shit hit the fan after this. So, and yet, the murders remained unsolved and the murderer unpunished. So jumping forward a little bit in time in 1994, Darwin and Martha Lynn of Corning, Iowa actually purchased the former home of the murder victims. I would. And then the house big time, the house was returned to its original condition and it's listed on the national registrar of historic places and it's open for tours. So, I mean, I sent a trip to Iowa Literally the only reason for us to go to Iowa, I think, probably. (laughs) And yeah, so here's the here's the lead up to the to the Moitas. June 9th and 10th of 1912. So Lena and Ina Stillinger, the daughters of Joseph and Sarah Stillinger, left their home for church early Sunday morning. They planned on having dinner with their grandmother after like the service. I guess they were gonna do like the whole early dinner, like Sunday thing. Yeah. Um spending the afternoon with her and then returning to uh, her home the night after the children's day exercises concluded. So these girls, however, were invited by a Catherine Moore to spend the night at the Moore home uh, instead. So prior to leaving for the exercises, Mr. Moore placed a call to the Stillinger home to ask permission for the girls to stay overnight. Blanche, who was Lena and Ina's older sister, told Mr. Moore that her parents were both outdoors, but that she would pass along the message to them. So the Children's Day program at the Presbyterian Church was an annual event, and it began approximately at 8 p.m. on Sunday evening, June 9th. According to witnesses, Sarah Moore coordinated the exercises. Um, All of the Moore children, as well as the Stillinger girls, participated. Josiah Moore sat in the congregation, and the program ended at about 9.30 p.m., and the Moore family, along with the Stillinger sisters, walked home from the church, and they entered their home sometime between, like, 9.45 and 10 o'clock at night. All right, so this is where we're at so far. The following morning, around 5 a.m., Mary Peckham, who was the Moore's next-door neighbor, steps into her yard to hang laundry. Why the fuck we're doing laundry at 5 in the morning, I don't know, because I sure as fuck don't. But that's maybe just me. Oh, you can't can't hear me? Oh, did my headphones die? Let's see. Uh, so, did I tell you about 5 a.m.? Did you hear that part? Yeah, and I was going to say something really smart-assery, but it went out of my brain. <laughs> okay, so and I I proceeded to be a smart-ass and say, why the fuck was she doing laundry at 5 a.m.? But nobody knows. <laughs> Regardless. to do in Iowa. Boom! There it is. There it is. So... At around 7 a.m., she realized that not only had the Moors not been outside, nor had their chores begun at all, but the house itself seemed, like, very, very still. So between 7 and 8 a.m., Mary, the neighbor, approaches the house and knocks on the door. She receives no response, so she attempts to open the door, only to find it locked from the inside. And after letting out Moore's chickens, she places a call to Josiah's brother, Ross. What a uh, name. Setting into place... I know. Setting into place one of the most basically mismanaged murder investigations that will ever be undertaken. So here's the crime itself. 
Based on the testimonies of Mary Peckham who, and those who saw the Moors at the Children's Day exercises the night before, it's believed that sometime between midnight and 5 a.m., an unknown assailant entered the home of J.B. Moore and brutally murdered all occupants of the house with an axe. Ugh. I know. So, here are, the, here are the victims. Let's give a little bit of a rundown here. So, upon arriving at the home of his brother, Ross attempts to look in a bedroom window and then knocks on the door and shouts, attempting to raise someone, you know, inside the house to come open up. When that fails, he produces his keys <clears throat> and found that one of them, you know, could be used to open the door. And although Mrs. Peckham followed him onto the porch, she did not enter into the house, which was the parlor of the house. So Ross uh, went no farther than the room off the parlor. There, so it was like the parlor and then one room off of it. When he opens the bedroom door, he sees two bodies on the bed and dark stains on the bedclothes. So he returned immediately to the porch and told Mrs. Peckham to call the sheriff. The two bodies in the room downstairs were Lena Stillinger, who was 12 years old, and her sister Ina, or Ina, I don't know how you say it. She was eight, um, and they were the house guests for the night. So they were the ones who were originally supposed to stay at their grandma's, but then the Moors were like, no, you could just crash with us. Okay. So that's terrible because they were just precious little babies. Yeah. The remaining members of the Moore family were found in the upstairs bedrooms by the city marshal, Hank Horton, who arrived shortly after receiving the call on all this. Um, every person in the house had been brutally murdered. Their skulls were crushed while they were sleeping. Isn't that horrendous? So Josiah Moore, the like, I guess, the head of the house, the man of the house, whatever, he was 43. Sarah Montgomery Moore, his wife, she was 39. Herman Moore, his son, age 11. Catherine Moore, daughter, age 9. Boyd Moore, age 7. And Paul Moore, age 5. As well as then the two Stillinger sisters. All of them dead. Isn't that awful? Ugh. Ugh. I know. <clears throat> so here's the crime scene itself a little bit. So once the murders were discovered, news travels quickly. This town is like an inch by one inch. So everybody's shitting themselves collectively because they all hear about this stuff in five seconds. The neighbors and curious onlookers start to converge upon the house. Law enforcement officials quickly lose control of the crime scene. And it is said that up to 100 people traipsed through the house gawking at the bodies before the Villisca National Guard finally arrived around noon to cordon off the area and secure the home. Why would you do what that? What the fuck? Why would you... Why? Listen, I'm the queen of morbid curiosity, and I sure as fuck wouldn't do that. That's the most disrespectful fucking shit. It's what horribly the fuck? disrespectful. And then not to mention, like, like just... Tainting everything! Yeah. I just, honestly, what the fuck with people? So, anyway... By that point, really, the only known facts coming out of the scene of the crime, because they had been so fucked with, were that eight people had been bludgeoned to death, presumably with an axe left at the crime scene. It appeared that all had been asleep at the time of the murders. Doctors estimated time of death somewhere shortly after midnight. Curtains were drawn on all the windows in the house except for two, which did not have curtains on them. Those windows were covered with clothing belonging to the Moors. All of the victims' faces were covered with the bedclothes after they were killed. A kerosene lamp was found at the foot of the bed of Josiah and Sarah. The chimney was off and the wick had been turned back <clears throat> and the chimney was found under the dresser. Mm. Um, a similar lamp was found at the foot of the bed of the Stillinger girls. Chimney also off. The axe had been found in the room occupied by the Stillinger girls. It was bloody, but an attempt uh, had been made to wipe it off. 
and the axe supposedly belonged to Josiah Moore, basically the father of the house. Okay. The ceilings in the parents' bedroom and the children's room showed gouge marks, apparently made by like the uh, like the upswing of the axe. So okay. I guess these were pretty low fucking ceilings, or this was a giant person, but whatever. A piece of keychain was found on the floor in the downstairs bedroom. A pan of bloody water was discovered on the kitchen table, as well as a plate of uneaten food. All the doors were locked, which is weird. Yeah. The bodies of Lena and Ina Stillinger were found in the downstairs bedroom off the parlor. Ina was sleeping closest to the wall with Lena on her right side. Um, A gray coat covered her face. Lena, according to the inquest testimony of Dr. F.S. Williams, quote, lay as though she had kicked one foot out of her bed sideways with one hand up under the pillow on her right side, half sideways, not clear over, but just a little. Apparently, she had been struck in the head and squirmed down in the bed, perhaps one third of the way. Lena's nightgown was slid up and she was wearing no undergarments. And there was a blood stain on the inside of her right knee and what the doctors assumed was a defensive wound on her arm. Dr. Linguist, the coroner, reports a slab of bacon was on the floor in the downstairs bedroom lying near the axe. The bacon weighed nearly two pounds and was wrapped in what he thought may be a dish towel. And then a second slab of bacon about the same size was found in the icebox, which is super weird. Um, Dr. Linguist also made note of one of Sarah's shoes, which he found on Josiah's side of the bed. The shoe was found on its side. However, it had blood inside as well as under it. It was Linguist's assumption that the shoe had been upright when Josiah was first struck and that blood ran off the bed into the shoe, and he believed the killer later returned to the bed to inflict additional blows and subsequently knocked the shoe over. So those are the only facts that they could basically walk away with from this crime scene because people, because people, yeah. period. Um, had the murders been committed today, I think we probably could have very readily brought the murderer to justice, but <clears throat> at the time of, like, a lot of this research that I found, it has been, like, I think at this point now, clo- let's see, this was 1912, so it's been, like, 110 years, yeah. and it's still unsolved. And the murder or murderers are probably, well, not probably, they're definitely long dead, uh, the secret has been buried with them. And in hindsight, it's easy to blame the officials at the time, but like also what the fuck with the townspeople. Um, in 1912, just a little history, fingerprinting was still a very like new venture and DNA testing was non-existent. Um, but a local druggist had the forethought to attempt to enter the crime scene with his camera, but then he was thrown out. So he tried. Yeah. Like, I guess. I mean, whether he was doing it for the right reasons or not, I really can't say. But um, it is probable that even if the crime scene had been secure, the evidence would not have been provided or would not have really provided any real clues because they're just the technology wasn't really there. Um, There was no like central database of fingerprints there. I mean, it just, you know, whatever. But um, per the website, if anybody's curious to go to this house, um, Overnight booking is available year-round. You can call between, I know, 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. and book your stay. And overnight's uh, pricing is $428 for groups from one to six people, $75 per additional person. There is a $200 non-refundable deposit to be paid when you book a date. (laughs) And and your deposit goes towards the full amount. So if you want, you can go, you can take a tour, you can stay overnight. I don't know that I will stay overnight in the house. I'm not going to lie. That's okay. If you're not comfortable, we don't need to do that. I'll I would tour say the house. if I, I'll <sighs> tour it. Yeah. 
Um, I would be terrified that I'm going to have a sleep paralysis thing. That's why. (laughs) Oh, big time. Yeah. I think this would be solid fodder for that to happen. So, yeah, maybe not. But that's, I mean, that's all there is on it. Frankly, to me, the weirdest part is that... All the doors were locked? One, the Moors... The Moors were kind of pushy, I feel like, to have the Stillinger girls stay there. Two, one of the Stillinger girls didn't have any undergarments on, so I feel like assault probably happened. And three, the doors were all locked from the inside. I feel like... But at the same time, how would you bludgeon yourself with an axe? Yeah, and then also, I don't know, I feel like somebody... They must have known... somebody, Somebody who had a key. Somebody had a key. Maybe it was Ross. Maybe it was the brother. It's so bizarre. The whole thing is so disgusting and, and upsetting. Like to have, all like, those all children, people walking through. You have to. The, I know, like it's quest- this fucking. Yeah, the question get is is the killer had to have come to see their doings. Yeah, and see the reactions of people because that's what killers like. I know. So, like, they had to have been there, especially if, like, over a hundred fucking people were there. I guarantee, I guarantee this, this person showed there. up. I'm going to assume... I'm going to assume it was a dude. What the hell's with the bacon? Oh, yeah. What's what's the bacon about? Like, why is it in the one room where the murder is, and then they're matching one in the kitchen in the freezer? I... I like, what the... F- and then there was a plate of uneaten food. Did they, like, make themselves some food, and they were like, no, I'm not actually hungry? And then they went around, and they, like, covered the faces with clothing. So it's like, okay, clearly there was some sort of, like, weird guilt thing afterwards that this person, you know, I don't know. But the whole, it is a very strange moita, a very very gruesome one. And really, I I don't know, like, honestly, and my theories are very limited on this because there's just not much to work with. It's got to be, at first I thought it was maybe Josiah and he did it, but then I was like, no, how could he have killed himself then with the axe? So then I was like, okay, maybe it was a family friend, you know, like you had said, who has a key to the house. Because if everything's locked, I mean, they had to, unless one of the windows was unlocked. Mm. And maybe they missed that because, like, so many people were around or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't know. So it's a crazy freaking murder. If anybody else has any additional information on or if you want to read up on it, there's, like, I found some, like, old news articles, like, original news articles from when this happened. There's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. It's just really, the whole thing's a shame. It's quite truly, like, just an un- unsolved mystery. Oh, Yeah. I know. And then, again, before serial killers, I guess. But to live in that <laughs> town knowing that an entire household was brutally murdered and not... Like, were there no constant questions? <laughs> I know, seriously. Like, I mean... And, like, you heard me at the beginning, like, some of the stuff that was being reported that I looked at, it was like, and everybody started carrying weapons, and, like, everybody was huddling together at night, and, like, you know, I would have, but, like, also, fuck the Tads people. Yeah. Excuse me. For being disgusting fucking people and traipsing through all this shit and not having any respect for the situation. So. Yeah. Wow. I mean, literally, the bodies hadn't even been removed from the house, and these people are swarming on it? Like, come on. Why would you want to see that? Is my thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Ugh. Yeah. But that's the Villisca Axe Murders slash Murder House. So That's intense. How did you find this one? Google. I think I looked up. I think I looked up like something, something along the lines of like little known murders or like something like that. Okay. I was like, I want to cover some like minor ones, but. 
And then the, a big list came up, and then like I saw this name, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds spookla bookla and awful." I think I'll cover That's it. Spookla bookla and awful. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. So yeah. That's what I've got for you. Let's, let's hear about your conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, ironically, and I know you didn't do this on purpose, mine Are also you in Iowa? Takes, ti- uh, takes place in 1912. Oh, okay. That's bananas. <laughs> really? Just a Out of all the years. Connections. So, Ooh. I'm going down the rabbit hole of conspiracies. and Hit us. Um, you know, we all know about the Titanic. You know, oh my God! Yes, I mean, I think my, we all know about the love. Titanic because of Leo and Kate. But you know, we all know about the Titanic, famous giant ship yes. voyage to America, iceberg, sinky sink. That's it. sinky sink. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. If you look it up in history books, that's, that's how it's exactly that's how it. it says. That's it. Oh um, my God! When the Titanic sank in 1912, it shocked the world. Um. It was such a remarkable ship. It was considered, it was actually considered the unsinkable ship. That wasn't just a movie thing, by the way. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. But a few conspiracy theories have risen about this. Um, It sounds crazy, but it is wildly believed that it wasn't the Titanic that sunk. Oh, my word. Okay, Um, good. Everyone agrees that a ship did sink. Uh, in the icy waters of North uh, of the North Atlantic on April fifteenth, nineteen twelve, and approximately fifteen hundred passengers aboard that ship died. But the conspiracy the conspiracy simply simply suggests <laughs> the Titanic wasn't actually the technical marvel um, the ship's parent company, the White Star Line, had promised. Rather, the White Star Line swapped the ships for the voyage from Southampton to New York. And the ship billed as one of the, as the top of the line Titanic was actually an older ship, the Olympic. Oh, surprise, bitch. Why, yeah. why is this thought? Well, funny enough, it's not funny, but it's the, the entire crash <laughs> was an, ins- uh, an insurance scam gone wrong. Ah, it's always insurance. Right? <laughs> so... In 1902, the uh, White Star had become property-owned in International Mercantile Marine Co., a holding mm-hmm. company bankrolled by famed fra- uh, fans- franchiser. That's not the word. My mouth isn't working. Franchiser. Thank you. You, J- you got it. J.P. Morgan. With Morgan's permission, the White Star chairman, J. Bruce Ismay, began to work on what became to be known as the Olympic or, or known as the Olympic class ships. If they couldn't match the the competing ship companies, um, the Olympic class ships would outclass them. So if they couldn't oh. be as fast, if they couldn't be, you know, get you to your destination, you know, in a better time manner, you're going to be harder, better, faster, stronger. There you go. <laughs> you're going to be riding in luxury. That was the whole thing. Ah. Mm. So, um, Three ships were commissioned, the Olympic, the Titanic, and the Britannic. Okay. The Olympic was the first to be built, as, and as its line's namesake, it was considered the lead ship. Its maiden trip was widely heralded. Uh, its few uh, first few voyages were unqualified successes, but on 
uh, but on its fifth voyage, the vessel ran into serious trouble. On September tenth, nineteen or September twentieth, nineteen eleven, the while passing a military vessel, the Hawk, the Olympic made an unexpected turn, caught off guard. The two ships crashed. The Olympic was able oh. to limp back to port, badly wounded, and a trial would later hold the White Star Line responsible for the incident. Oh. That's all, like, true to fact. That actually, all that yeah. actually happened. After the crash, conspiracy theories claim that the Olympic was an economic disaster. The lawsuit meant oh, repairs would be not would not be covered by insurance, and it was drawing no money while sitting around the docks, because... It clearly couldn't go or do anything. Like you do. Yeah. <laughs> right. So right, right, right. the company made a switch. Its newly built second ship would take on the Olympic name, while its damaged older ship would be repurposed to be the Titanic. Oh, shut up. Eventually, the true Olympic, now secretly operating as the Titanic, would be scuttled in an accident, which the White Star Line could collect insurance payment, benefiting a brand new ship. All while the original the ship originally built as the Titanic would have lived on. The only thing that ruined that plan was an iceberg. (laughs) (laughs) Just minor detail. (laughs) Um. So yeah, that that's one thing. But like, how could they conveniently plan? an accident an iceberg and and the iceberg being unclaimed so that was like that's one big one of it was all an insurance scam they wanted to crash the already damaged ship to get more insurance money to be able to build another ship but then meanwhile the titanic would have never been destroyed right i mean i get i could like i could buy into that if it hadn't been the case where it sunk due to an iceberg you know yeah (laughs) but like otherwise like yeah the thoughts there like i mean i follow it's always insurance follow the insurance right other conspiracy theories claim that the reasoning for the sinking jp morgan was behind the switch eager to use an inferior ship to drown his enemies aboard same wow (laughs) what a petty what a petty bitch okay um interesting so that goes down like a wild thing um that's that is so extra that i mean if if you're gonna carry out like murder that's i mean that's like (laughs) right i borderline respect it (laughs) because jp morgan was supposed to be aboard that the tight the titanic um the titanic but he he didn't he something something came up and he did not aboard the ship but of course so interesting that's it's fishy Um, according to this theory, the millionaire banker J.P. Morgan planned the Titanic disaster to kill off rival millionaires Jacob Astor, Isidore Strauss, and Benjamin Guggenheim, all who perished Same. aboard the famous sink, crash, boat, wow. iceberg. <laughs> the Once theory, again, though, Morgan would have to know. He would have to know. He would have to plan it and set up things perfectly to yeah. be able to, you know, crash into an iceberg. J.P. Morgan, a weather wizard. Yeah, but, right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> anyway, carry on. Sorry to interrupt. The theory hinges on the fact that Morgan had originally planned to set sail on the Titanic, but changed his mind shortly before it took off. Yet it doesn't offer any explanation for the how he caused the ship to hit an iceberg and kill over right. 
1,500 people, let alone three yeah. men he supposedly intended to die. <laughs> and when you think about it, because this this is still true to history, it was upper class first, women and children only, mm. you know, and then so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, upper class, if it was just women and children, it is likely that those men died because of that. However, yeah. a lot of men also lived in the upper class because of selfishness. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, right, right. Um, to top it off, the theory claims that Morgan wanted to kill them because they opposed the creation of the Federal Reserve. Even though Astor and Guggenheim don't appear to have taken a position on it, Strauss actually supported that. Alternative versions of the theory claim that Rothschild Baking Family or the Jesuits were in Jesuits Jesuits yeah that sound that looks like it says that (laughs) is it j-e-s-u-i-t-s yes okay crushed it carry on (laughs) were the ones who arranged Astor Strauss and Guggenheim's deaths on the Titanic as the Washington Post notes invoking the Rothschild international conspirators is a centuries-old anti-synthetic anti-semitic trope there it is there it is (laughs) the rothschild family founded banking houses across europe in the early 1800s and they have been favorited target for conspiracy theories ever since Hmm. so Hmm. this theory resurfaced recently in in the QAnon group Oh, good. Here we are. Excellent. A uh, far-right conspiracy theory, if you guys don't know, um, Mm. detailing a supposed secret plot by alleged deep state against the U.S. president, Donald Trump. QAnon's It goes all the way back to that. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. So, people truly believe one of two things happened, that it wasn't the Titanic, it was the Olympic, and that JP Morgan is behind this. But I don't think I mean I could I could entertain the idea that he was he wanted to plan a shipwreck or damage or something to get some insurance money. Mm-hmm. But no way can I say that he totally planned it hitting an iceberg and killing that many people. <laughs> Yeah, and I guess for me, it's like maybe he didn't go because A, literally something did come up, or B, he found out these other peeps were going to be on, and he was like, I don't want to be stuck on a fucking boat with these assholes. I'm not going. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like- another reason why people feel that this these theories are valid, it was denied harshly and aggressively for no pre-ship checks and inspections. Oh, so- interesting. With that being said, were they scared that if there was an inspection, they're going to figure out the Olympia? Maybe. So, or the Olympic, sorry. And mm-hmm. and why? Why? I mean, I get it. This was the unsinkable ship. But why would you waive inspections and why would you fight so hard not to have them? Especially if you're going to have that number of people on board. Like, yeah. Jesus. It brings up a lot of questions. So It's just irresponsible. Yeah. yeah. So that's my wow. wild conspiracy theory for you today. That's crazy. I, have I ever told you about my fascination with the Titanic? I'm obsessed. Like, have you heard about this shit? I, so when I was a child, like, 
I first, of course, became introduced to the Titanic through the movie, but the really the only reason that I liked it, and this is so fucking weird, I liked the movie for the parts where they showed the ship underwater <laughs> and, like, breaking down and like, shit like that, and I became obsessed with it from that point. No, like, obsessed. The way things were preserved, me too. <laughs> yeah, and just, like, and, like, oh, like, literally as a child, I remember being like, well, what if there's still dead people in there? Like, what the fuck was wrong with me? But also, like, it fits, it's very on brand for me, so. Fun fact, <laughs> that is a topic I have lined up, the bodies of the Titanic. <laughs> Thank God. Thank all of God. you all can wait for that. But no, I I am equally obsessed with, very fascinated with it for so many reasons. But because of the ship underwater, I was like, this is so yes. freaking cool. And then on right? top of it, I, I don't know how old I was. I was maybe in sixth grade. My sister lived in Vegas at the time and they had the Titanic Expo. And they so they had oh, yeah. like things from the shipwreck, and it was so perfectly preserved because of the pressure of the water. And I yeah. just thought that was so freaking neat. <laughs> that it's so cool. Yeah, it was. It, and during that expo, you get a ticket in the beginning, and then at the end, you find out whether or not you survived. It's kind of neat. I survived. Just did just you survive? <laughs> hell yeah! Hell yeah! Actually, final girl I think, energy. <laughs> I think I was the only one who survived because it was me and my two sisters. My oldest got first class. My middle sister got middle class and I was, I was, you know, I was in the poor people. So. Oh my God. And for some reason. And you survived. And I was like, well, I'm going to die. I like, I said it immediately. <laughs> and my older sister, I'm going to survive. She didn't survive. And then we actually learned about why she didn't survive because she didn't want to leave her husband. So they oh. died together on the, during, from the shipwreck. And I thought that was so oh, like, beautiful because she just, they had been married for, for some um, crazy amount of time. And I'm just, she was not going to leave her husband. Oh my God. Which, it's like the old people that they show in the movie. Exactly. They're lying I was in like, the bed which together. made me think of the people laying in the bed together. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Oh. So, and how a lower class peasant like me able to survive. Yeah, I don't you know, do but I survived. They didn't have any info on me. I don't know, I guess. Fucking pure <laughs> grit. That's fucking how. You're like, <laughs> you threw your fucking middle finger up to fate and you're like, I'm getting out of this bitch. Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking watch me. Wow, that's bananas. What a cool, like, first of all, very cool idea that they, like, for the expo yeah. that they did that. I think that's really smart. But, um, yeah, wow. Okay, well, now that's something I've learned about our friendship today. We're both equally obsessed with the Titanic, so that fits the bill it just fits so perfectly for us that's that that's correct so awesome well that i didn't as obsessed as i am with all this i didn't know these conspiracy theories so thank you for educating me this was fun it was fun this was a fun funky episode with a little well mine was sad yeah mine was mine was tragic and heavy but yours was fun yeah (laughs) so So, way to go you (laughs) i think it was a good way to end (laughs) i think so um wow yeah, well, uh, here's here's a word of advice, everybody. One, if you happen to see a murder scene, maybe don't walk through it and gawk at it, you know, right off the bat and everything. And two, if you're going to be taking a cruise, uh, somehow find out if that shit's been inspected. Also, I would like to point out that the White Star Line, really quick to end this, none of their ships were successful. All three technically well, crashed. 
Wow. Well, maybe that's a case of um, sometimes you're just really not meant to be in a certain line of work. Yep. <laughs> that is that is it. If you're three for three there, that's really pretty bad. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, well. Well. This is. Do you want to say? I'm it? gonna say it. <laughs> okay. Until next time. Stay strange. <laughs> <laughs>